So we should all bring our minds into the practice of samadhi, which is the development of panya or wisdom. And when we develop wisdom, the quality of sata or faith will also increase as we see more and more clearly the truth of the Buddhist teachings. However, at first, when we have yet immature wisdom, our minds are contacted and impacted by various aramana or mental impressions and impressions from the outside world, which initially are too strong for us to remain completely dispassionate towards. We get lost in them. So these mental impressions and sensory impressions are effectively another way of talking about at least in their especially strong form, the things that happen to us in the world, the crises we may encounter. In Sydney, one supporter of the monastery had her husband encounter a crisis where he was severely burnt all throughout his body to the point where his skin was peeling and flaking off of his legs, arms, and hands, and feet. And the wounds, the burns were so bad that the pain was near unbearable and constant over his entire body. His heart was unable to remain calm in the midst of this, and he found himself frustrated and angry at the situation his life had brought him to. However, he was lucky enough to hear Dhamma, to encounter the teaching of the Buddha. And little by little, although his body still was in great pain, his heart became cooler and changed. He understood more and more in terms of right view that what pain and tragedy he was encountering now was in reality the result of karma he had made in previous lives, in previous times. And the knowledge of this fact brought his mind to a level of ease and acceptance of the situation. This element of right view that we are the inheritors of our kama is what we chant every day in the, as we chant the words of loving kindness. The final recollection is that beings are the owners of their kama, heir to their kama. Whatever kama they do, be it for good or for ill, of that they will be the heirs. 
And if we bring the lesson and insight of this chant into our hearts and truly think about it, then when pain and suffering arise in our lives, we will be able to contemplate and make the heart calmer because we will see with wisdom the truth that we are experiencing simply the causes which we have or the effects whose causes we have previously sowed in our lives. If we don't understand such tragedy and pain as our own inheritance and doing at some level, then that anger may carry through life after life. We, one life might hurt another being and then in the next, they might hurt us. And in this way, the bonds of hatred carry us from life to life, even past the threshold of death. Such karma or momentum does not end when we are unable to see through it. However, if we do see clearly, we understand that the tragedy and pain we experience is due to past karma. And so we become very careful to not make further bad karma within this life. We rather try to do good, to purify the mind and strengthen the heart. Every day, a practitioner who understands this works to think, speak, and act only in good ways. And they may come to this understanding in deeper and deeper levels by contemplating this simple teaching that we chant, bringing it into their hearts, that if we experience suffering, it can be traced to our own past actions. And such an understanding allows us to accept and understand even great pain. If we do not have such understanding, then when tragedy arises, both the heart and the body suffer. This can be seen clearly in the case of this man in Sydney, Australia, how only upon understanding himself as the owner of his karma was he able to see through his suffering and let go of it. Without this, there's no way out. The only escape from suffering is the path of Dhamma. And so we must work to understand and contemplate the lessons that we chant every day. We must develop a refuge for the heart within the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. And if we have the ability to contemplate in this way, our wisdom, when combined with concentration, will lead to a great increase in faith. We will recollect the 
benefit and great blessing of our familiarity with the Buddha's teachings and our faith will become boundless, our respect unsurpassed for the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. We will see more and more the drawbacks in this endless round of rebirths. Understanding that all who are born gain as their inheritance also aging, sickness, and death. That none can escape this and that whatever possessions we accrue throughout our lives will have to be let go of. We do not know when we will die. We may live to be 50 or 60. But when we are still young, we have the ability to practice and prepare for this moment. Then when we do grow old and weak, we have the refuge of the practice which we've cultivated so far, whether that simply be a familiar habit of sitting and walking meditation or the purity of the heart which we have over time cultivated. So sometimes at the beginning of practice, we yet do not have wisdom, but we experience little by little the benefits of the Dhamma practice. And we learned to accept what challenges and pain come our way by seeing the benefit of looking at things in terms of the Dhamma. As practitioners, sometimes we develop the practice well. Sometimes our samadhi gathers into good, a good state of calm and sometimes it does not. Regardless, we continue to put forth effort. It takes time and yet we continue to practice through long periods and short. Sometimes in order to experience true calm, it can take a long sustained period of practice, perhaps four to seven hours, until the mind becomes still enough to see clearly the qualities of suffering, impermanence and not self. Sometimes a standard session of practice of two to three hours is simply not enough. Rather, we must keep our mindfulness continuous over a long period. It is as if our minds were a dirty garment which we were soaking in some sort of detergent. We would have to soak it for a long time before the stains were removed. And similarly, with the mind, we must contemplate and maintain mindfulness for a long period before we can see clearly that there is in reality no self and no other, that there, these distinctions are something we create. And only then, 
Once we've taken this time, will we move beyond these conventions? At first, however, the basis of our practice is in a sense of self, in terms of keeping good morality. We want to cultivate an ethical self. And similarly, we use and hold to a belief in kama. When we have samaditti or right view in this way, we see correctly and the practice and faith develop. We understand more and more how those things we encounter in life, whether painful or pleasurable, are simply nature arising, remaining for a time, and passing away. To develop this understanding, we work to maintain mindfulness however long we are able, whether that simply be 30 minutes or even five. Any moment of keeping sati is effectively the practice. If we do have to go do other work, then after we have finished that duty, we return immediately and recenter ourselves in mindfulness. For example, we may do work on various things in the monastery. We may live our lives at the monastery doing duties of various kinds. And as we do these, we can use our surroundings to direct our minds back time and again to the recollection of the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. For example, the chedi or stupa which we are constructing in the monastery now is one support for the recollection of the Buddha. Thinking of it brings to mind his teaching and himself. And this is of extreme benefit. Some people work a great deal, but if they think and recollect their good deeds repeatedly, then this brings the mind to higher and higher states. And it is a form of practice to recollect one's good deeds. However, though we might work to do good, we should not work too much, but rather maintain a balance of practice and work. And only then will we maintain the inner resources to continue to do good. Similarly, this work can take many forms. In addition to regular duties in the monastery, we may learn and develop a craft such as carving, uh, sculpting clay, sand, stone. And this is of extreme benefit as well. It's a recollection of the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. But once again, we must achieve a balance. 
So as we work and do good throughout our day, we should regularly aditan or determine that the barmi or goodness and spiritual qualities which we are developing will be devoted towards awakening. And this determination will help our minds develop the loving kindness, the metta of the Buddha and his spiritual perfections will hold us and bring us closer and closer to realization. So once again, we should contemplate the nature of Kama, come to see the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha as our true refuge, and use both to bring the mind to a state of acceptance and also of heedfulness in our practice. So on this September 15th, 2020, I encourage all those present to devote themselves to this session of practice. <laughs>